Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Inflorescence Podcast. My name is Brie, and I know it has been uh, like two weeks since I put out an episode, and I so wanted to be consistent with every week, but um, things happen. Uh, life takes its own course, and it's just a quick recap of what's been going on the past two weeks for me. Uh, I started working, so I'm seeing some clients now. I uh, drive to Staten Island two days a week, so you know, I'm out there doing some cool stuff and I'm very excited to do that and it's also been a year since I've moved into this apartment with my girlfriend and we're in the process of kind of like decluttering our lives and just it's fun it's been it's been fun it's been a little stressful but um with that being said I just haven't had enough time to kind of sit down and record and uh edit and put stuff out um I do have some cool stuff still lined up Um, I have some interesting episodes that are going to be coming out soon, Um, but this week is just going to be me. (laughs) Uh, This is an episode that I've kind of been uh, dreading in a way to put out, but also excited uh, to talk about. Um, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's going to be a long story, so it's not, Um, but uh, it's very personal. It's very personal, and uh, getting a little bit personal or a little deep uh of on my own gets a little uh a little scary sometimes but it's a work in progress to feel comfortable to do this but I definitely am at a point where I'm ready and willing to push myself to share this part of me and uh kind of be open and candid about it um online because it's not necessarily for my own benefit nor do I think it's going to be for, uh, you know, others' benefit entirely. But um, I don't know. I don't think my story is anything special. But it's definitely, you know, I'm sharing stories of people's lives. And I think I'm going to be sharing many interesting stories. But I can share one of my own as well. So on that note, my name is Bree. As we all know, I identify as non-binary. I use they, them pronouns, and that's kind of how I've been identifying for the past year and a half, Um, though I've been non-binary, or I've been out as non-binary, rather, for quite some time, about three years, a little bit over three years, Um, but I was still trying to figure out how I wanted to present myself, how I wanted to be addressed, what name do I want to use? Do I want to use my full name? Do I feel more comfortable using Brie or uh, maybe a different nickname or, or something of that sort? But um, so it, it was a learning process and it wasn't really until about a year and a half ago that I um, that I kind of figured it all out and understood where I'm comfortable and how I'd like to present myself. Um it's interesting because when I started working, this was a question that came up about um, rather kind of like in my interview process, but a little bit after that, like um, a conversation about how I came into this identity. And I think when I tell the story or the journey of how I came to understand that this is who I was, uh, it's rocky because <laughs> uh, if anybody's known me for a long period of time, you know that I grew up a tomboy. I loved playing sports. I loved wearing, you know, baggy jeans and baggy sweats, 
big shirts, sneakers and hats almost every day. Um, and I grew up around my uh, older cousins who were mostly uh, cis men and very masculine. And I was emerged in sports culture and, you know, competitive culture as well. And um, I think the way that I, it's, it's interesting because I feel like as kids, we automatically take form of the identities that we feel naturally comfortable in. So I feel like as I present myself today is much more similar to how I was as a child than how I was in middle school and high school. Um, you know, I think I started, it was about, I think middle school when I um, started going to private school that it kind of all changed for me because um, I think in, in, in middle school for me, I was around a lot of, you know, it was, it was very co-ed and it was like equally co-ed. So um, during lunch, I'd play, play sports with the guys and you know, a lot of the girls as well used to play sports and we also, we kind of like all played together, you know, like there wasn't, I feel like up until like sixth grade, the idea that like boys had to do one thing and girls had to do another was just not ingrained for me. Um, and in a way I'm, I'm thankful for that. I think my parents also played a big role in not necessarily enforcing gender roles or, you know, like gender expectations. Um, so I was allowed to freely be um, athletic and competitive and, you know, like enjoy sports where I was covered in dirt and, you know, tackling and stuff like that wasn't, nobody ever told me that that's not, that's not appropriate because I'm not a boy or anything like that. So in a way, I'm very thankful for the, the childhood I had growing up because I was allowed to embrace all that without feeling any sort of judgment or negativity. Um, but I also went to private school after sixth grade and that's kind of where it all changed for me. Um, the classes were not equally split. I think my graduating class of like eighth grade was three or four guys. Um, and the rest of us were cis women or cis girls, cisgendered girls. Um, I say women because we all now are much older, but at the time we were young cis girls and uh, I felt the need to fit in more than ever. Um, it's also middle school. So of course we all feel the need to fit in in middle school and that's totally fine. Um, but I kind of let go of that athletic competitive person that I was to fit in. And I got into straightening my hair every day and I got into wearing dresses and heels and um, makeup and, and stuff like that and uh, you know it's just it's just how it kind of played itself out um, and it wasn't a bad thing necessarily because it was uh, I guess a way that I realized that that's not where I felt comfortable right like I shouldn't have been forcing myself to feel like I had to you know like I don't know I'm trying to think of an example but I, I can't really think of one from that specific two years of my life but um yeah I just my girl my my friends my friends were all girly loved makeup 
um yeah, we played sports we played softball we played basketball um on a girls team and I felt like I was always kind of sticking out just a little bit because I was you know like more competitive and, and I knew that my masculine side was showing itself a little bit more in uh in sports and I was comfortable with that but I had or I felt the need to kind of switch that off when it came to hanging out or going to movies or you know just sitting in the classroom and stuff like that but I still can think back at moments where that masculine part of me still seeped out in its ways and, and I, I wasn't necessarily unauthentic but I definitely worked on hiding it more um and then high school came around and I went to an all-girls Catholic high school and that's when things started to take a huge negative effect on the way that I presented myself and how I felt about myself um and I can think back to a time when and this is like one of those things where I one of those times I realized you know like I really have to make myself look like I fit in here um and I it was like winter time we wore skirts and we wore knee-high socks and it's winter and I was a freshman in high school you know like shaving above the knees wasn't a thing I just it you know it was never pushed on me that I had to do that and um I was made fun of for it and it was uncomfortable I didn't like get upset or like you know like hate myself in any sort of way because of that because like that's how I felt comfortable so that's how I you know like went to school and I was okay with that but it was clear to me that other people were gonna have something to say so I just started fitting in more shaving my legs I was putting makeup on again and and straightening my hair every day and doing all that stuff that like I did in middle school but um it felt more dire it felt like I don't want to be an outcast and I mean I was still kind of an outcast in high school you know like I wasn't a part of any specific groups or like anything like that but um I didn't want to be outcasted in a way where I stood out too much and essentially became some sort of center of attention um and specifically negative attention so yeah I kind of just fit in I had little things about me that I knew I couldn't necessarily hide like I was still very competitive when it came to gym and um I didn't play any sports in high school with my high school but I played um you know like like city leagues like um, stuff like that like not so competitive so it was fun and there were so many other people on those teams that were I think equally as competitive and had masculine sides to them as well so I felt more comfortable but in school again the idea of switching that off so that I fell under the radar in some way um and that was all until about sophomore year so in junior year um I came out as gay and I was able to kind of embrace a little bit more of my masculinity so I didn't feel like I had to uh, I was still straightening my hair I still wore makeup but like I I could allow myself to appear or you know, appear a little bit more masculine. Um, senior year, I stopped wearing skirts and I was wearing khakis to school. Um, so like stuff like that kind of seeped its way through. But it really wasn't until college where I started questioning why I felt like that um, and why I felt like the masculine part of me was so important. And 
wanting to show that and wanting to embrace it in a way that um let me be myself uh, and I'm not gonna lie I think you know like if you look at my senior pictures from uh, undergrad I was definitely very feminine um like even you know the outfit I wore for graduation and everything it was I kind of found a balance to where I felt comfortable enough to fit in and not be different but also being different so like I think we all um, and I say we as in um, you know the lesbian community specifically um, a lot of us at the time that I came out you know we were very strong on wearing snapbacks and we wore uh, you know baggy shirts from the men's section and sometimes jeans and pants from the men's section so it didn't feel odd at all and I was okay with it so I went through with that in high school and uh, my senior year of high school into college Um, but then again a switch happened where I felt like in college I went to commuter school I really didn't hang out with too many people Uh, the people that I did were awesome you know like I never felt pressured to, to dress or feel or talk any type of way but just walking through the campus I was like "Mm." I feel like I stand out just a little bit too much and that is just me that's me being 18 19 years old and worrying too much about am I causing too much attention to myself are people looking at me and questioning who I am um or like not necessarily questioning but I guess more making I mean I wouldn't even say making fun of because in college like um that's not necessarily such a big thing but just the idea of not wanting, again, wanted to, I wanted to fall under the radar. I didn't want to be noticed. I just wanted to be a college kid who went to class and went home. Um, and I pretty much did that. And senior year of undergrad is when I started to really question things and wonder why am I so not comfortable with appearing the way that I am? Or you know, what makes me want to stay under the radar? Why don't I want to be seen? Or why don't I want to be um like thought of or like spoke like I don't know you know college things but later in college so it wasn't my freshman year it was later on that I started thinking all that and I just want to say I think it's normal to have questions or concerns or thoughts about our genders and and how we present ourselves how we are in touch with our masculinity and our femininity and how those kind of play a role within each other as well because a lot of us have um a little bit or a lot of one and a little of both or equal and you know like a lot of us have masculine parts to us even if we're very feminine or a lot of us have feminine parts to us if we're very masculine so it's not I think it's it's normal for us to reach a certain age and say you know, like, who am I and how do I feel comfortable presenting myself? Like, do I want to be, am I more in touch with my feminine side? Do I want that to be, you know, if somebody looks at me and says that person's very feminine or, you know, and I don't like to enforce society, like in societal expectations, but um, that's kind of what I'm referring to when I say like what somebody's going to think of me when I step outside. Um. I feel like I'm rambling, but I know that I'm on the right track. So I'm just going to keep on going. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so senior year of college is when I started to question it. And I got into a point in my life where I had spoken about it before to people who were very close to me in my life. And 
I felt like it didn't matter to them and that, you know, it wasn't as serious of a concern, or maybe I wasn't making it sound as serious of a concern, but, you know, I spoke about it multiple times. It wasn't like I only brought it up once. It was like, hey, like, I'm very concerned, or like, I really am thinking a lot about who I am and like what my pronouns are and, you know, how I want to look and how I want to dress and, and stuff like that, but it just wasn't taken serious. So I would, it made me take a few steps back and say like, maybe I'm just overthinking it. Um, Maybe I just need to continue on the path that I'm in and, you know, like it'll play itself out eventually, but I don't need to, like, I'm, I'm cool the way I am because I was with somebody at the time who kind of made me feel like, the feminine parts of me were the most desirable. So if I let go of those, I wouldn't be as desired or I wouldn't be as um, attractive. And and it, it's ridiculous. I think, I think for somebody to really claim, you know, who they were in my life and then to be like, that's cool. And I understand you feel like that, but like, I love the feminine parts of you and I wouldn't want you to change that is what made me take several steps back and um kind of makes me choke up a little thinking about it because I'm like I could have been so much further in this journey of self-discovery if I hadn't let somebody else get in the way of that um but it's unfortunate that for a lot of us that's kind of what happens is even if we talk about it we get pulled back and you know like oh and I, I know I said this before, like just a few minutes ago, like, oh, it's normal to think like that. Like not everybody, everybody kind of thinks like that, but it doesn't always, you know, it's not always right for everybody. And, and um, like when I say that, when I say that we all kind of have those thoughts and concerns, I'm not saying that to say we all kind of think that way. So like have your thoughts and move on. I'm more saying we all think like that. So if you have to kind of follow the path that feels best for you so if fully embracing and exploring gender identity is exactly what you feel like you need to be doing then do it if you feel like you got to take it slower take it slower and it's it's important as well like this is a little pitch I guess for myself but this is kind of what I hope to be doing as a therapist is kind of helping people who are going through these um, identity crises and, and you know questioning gender questioning sexuality and being the person there to hear it all out and kind of be the like instead of having these thoughts internally vocalizing these these thoughts and concerns and having somebody who you can bounce that off of and um work through it and understand what pace is best for you what pace can you work at that's going to get you to feel a hundred percent yourself or ten percent closer to who you are or you know however because i think the journey for everyone is so different but um yeah, I had somebody who kind of, who I allowed, and I don't put the blame on them at all, but I allowed that person to stop me. Um, and that was early senior year of college. And then um, I think when I really started to recognize that I was hurting myself by not allowing myself to fully take that path um, is when I, you know, let that person go for other reasons as well but that was a big piece of it is I didn't feel like I was surrounded by by people who allowed me to do what I had to do for myself 
And then I met someone else who was in my life who kind of made me feel like I could be. And then when I was, it wasn't embraced, it wasn't respected. And it it kind of, it brought me back. So um, it's interesting how sometimes being with the right person, and I give a lot of credit to my girlfriend now um, for being, I guess, the being the person that I needed her to be in the sense that I could sit there and be like hey you know I'm because at the time when we met I wasn't sure like I had literally probably a few months before decided I strictly want to go by they them pronouns um for about a year before that I was going by she they and I um being someone who when I first met her said um you know like actually I'm working on my gender right now and that's a that's something that I'm thinking about and something that I'm working through and I'd really appreciate if you know you can strictly call me Brie and use they them pronouns um and without question she did so um and that's kind of what I needed is immediate validation um and I it's, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people that I know now who have recently come into this understanding of themselves um, did so with the help of another person in the sense that that was the first person who didn't ask questions, who didn't make them feel like it was just, you know, a nonsense concern or nonsense thoughts and feelings, but instead said, great, okay, noted, that's how I will think of you speak of you and that's it immediate validation because when somebody's questioning how you're identifying yourself it makes you question how you identify yourself like questions might get asked that you don't have the answers to and it just leaves it for me personally left me kind of really jumbled like when somebody would ask like okay but like um you know like why why do you feel like you need to change your pronouns why do you like do you plan on are you going to be taking testosterone? Are you going to be having surgery? Like stuff like that, that gets very jumbled and shouldn't be asked in the first place. It should absolutely not be asked. If I tell you what my preferred name is and what my pronouns are, don't ask me any more questions unless I'm opening up to you in the conversation itself. If I'm opening up to a conversation about it, fine. But me, I think people addressing their names and pronouns is not an opening or an invitation for a conversation about um why how what will they be doing um who knows who doesn't stuff like that gets very um gets very mixed and those thoughts for me what it, they were breaking factors and like I would take this step up to, to like talk about it and then every time you know it would kind of bring me back down bring me back to kind of like square one um so the immediate validation of being accepted and understood was kind of like the door opening to openly um, explore this journey because I would always have somebody there who would never question or misgender or use the wrong pronouns or call me by you know a name that I wasn't comfortable being called by um but yeah so that was I was already uh, my second year of grad school so my first year of grad school in school 
So I guess I can start, I can, you know, go back to that as well. So yeah, so senior year of college, and again, I'm so sorry, because I feel like I, when I, when it comes to talking about something this person, I just want to be genuine, and I don't want to, like, have bullet points of the things I talk about when I talk about them, because I haven't really gone in full depth conversation about something like this with anybody but my partner, so um yeah go back to senior year of college of undergrad I um graduated I was I think fairly feminine presenting um and I think and and that was like the height of feminine presentation and how I put myself out there and then um you know I started hanging out with people in the LGBT community and it kind of clicked to me that I can be who I am and that's going to be fine. So I started dressing a little bit more comfortable and I kind of felt like a, just hit my glasses on my microphone. Uh, I kind of felt like a middle ground of, um, I can still dress feminine in a way, but also be masculine. So I didn't have to be all or nothing. And it was kind of the like slow introduction to reaching the point that I'm at today. Um, so yeah. Once I started grad school was when I decided I'm no longer going to accept she, her pronouns, especially in an academic setting, especially in an academic setting where I'm going to be making a network of colleagues who I may run into later on. So I'm going to be fully into my career and I want to make sure that I'm kind of like new slate, new person, (laughs) not necessarily like I think I made a joke about it, like new new school year, new me, when I was going, you know, into grad school. But basically, that's that's what it was. Is I'm gonna start this year fresh. So I went in. Um, all my teachers, all my classmates, everybody referred to me as Brie solely and used they them pronouns. And being in that environment where I was constantly validated in a way is what fully allowed me to embrace who I am. So that was two years, full two years, but. Again, it wasn't until about a year and a half ago. And I just, to clarify, um, I just graduated grad school in May. So um, the full process or like the full coming to who I am, it took several months. It did. Um, And it was about halfway through my first year of graduate school where um, I decided to cut my hair and uh, dress more fitting to how I felt inside and in and. I still think to like today, parts of me doesn't mind being more feminine. So like my girlfriend has done my makeup a few times and I don't think I'd ever step out of the house that way, but like, I do like to look at myself in that way, especially because I can be so vulnerable with another person who fully understands me. So parts of me can still be feminine and I'm recognizing that, but I'm also recognizing that the majority of who I am is masculine presenting. Um, and that's where I stand today. So a year and a half, I have uh, worked, <laughs> I have learned, and I have uh, been, you know, in basically emerged in my entire life as who I am today. And I think that that, you know, comes its ups and downs because there are people in my life who I felt the need to cut out because they weren't going to understand me. Yeah, I think, you know, coming into later in my life saying I need to cut some people out because they're only going to have more toxicity to bring in. Um, 
is important and that's the key to this journey of self-identity because you know I've cut out I don't even know how many people at this point um and not in a malicious way um but just because I knew that I would hinder becoming who I am fully by trying to impress or trying to sugarcoat or trying to like allow people to discredit who I am as a person so yeah that's that's really like my whole journey I think I had it fairly easy um coming into the you know like I said my parents were never strict on I mean I can't remember a time that they were and I think if I did I would be able to uh remember it because I do remember other times in my life where people were trying to enforce gender roles on me and I'm going to get into that in a second um but my parents were never that my parents always kind of embraced you know that tomboy side of me and let me dress how I wanted to dress and uh do the things that I wanted to do and I never really got told like that's you know you can't play like that or you can't do that it was kind of just like I was a young person, a very young person living out authentically who I am the way that I wish I did between that time and a year and a half ago. So I really do credit my parents a lot too for, you know, who I've become today and and letting myself get to this point. And I think if I had uh, just allowed them specifically to kind of be the ones that you know, enforced or like shaped my roles on life and present, like how I present myself and who I am, then it would have been a faster process as well. But again, I let too many people get in between that from middle school crowd to high school and the people that, you know, that literally one person who said something about me not shaving my legs kind of like just ruined almost everything. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so back to gender roles quickly because I don't want to spend an entire I don't even know how long I've been recording this and I don't necessarily plan to edit too much of it because I again want it to be authentic and genuine um gender roles wise I think the people who mostly enforced that for me were parents of friends um adults in private school systems like teachers and uh some figures of authority um but I can think of one and I and I wrote about this in a paper that I had um and I also want to note that the biggest the deepest part of this journey for me didn't happen until last year when I was in school because I took a class on gender and identity and I had to write about it And I had to, without a choice, dig deep into who I am and figure out, you know, what were those negative pieces? What were those negative influences that kind of stopped me from always being who I was and allowing myself to get to a point where I was kind of in the dark and sad and very unhappy with myself. Um, And I think directly back to a time in middle school when, and this is going to sound ridiculous, when I tossed a backpack uh, off of the stage from the top stair into a pile of other backpacks along the entrance door 
to the gym. And I believe it was either like a talent show or a play or something that I was in. And I, I, I want to say the talent show because I think I had my own instrument with me. But um, afterward, uh, a friend of mine's parent was very upset. Um, and I and I went home with this parent and this friend. And I think for the first time ever had somebody tell me to a point where it stuck so hard that I couldn't act a certain way because people are going to judge me because people are going to have something to say because I'm going to be I'm going to act too much like a boy and I can't do that all because I tossed a fucking backpack off of a stage in middle school um and this isn't something I hold against this person whatsoever um, because I also understand, you know, that was influenced by the other parents and the other people in the, that actually said something about me doing that. Um, but yeah, that was definitely, that was the first time where somebody told me I can't do something or that like, somebody's going to care too much. Somebody, people are going to talk, people are going to have something to say, and you're going to look bad. And that was the first negative experience I had about how to present myself in terms of masculinity and femininity. And it had nothing to do with how I was dressed because nobody really had a problem with that to my knowledge. Like even in middle school, like I, we wore uniforms. So I couldn't really like be masculine or feminine because that was the whole point of wearing uniforms. But I think my mannerisms were still a little immature, a hundred percent, because I was a middle schooler, um, but a little bit more masculine and and they didn't, and nobody really pointed them out in, in, I guess, and this is where it was confusing, because in sports, when I played softball and basketball, my masculine part, my masculinity was so embraced and so celebrated when it was getting on base, catching a ball, hitting a home run, being super defensive and super aggressive on the court, um, anything like that, it was celebrated. But the second that it happened outside of sports it was how could somebody do that like who were you raised by like I don't even want to get into all that stuff but it was so confusing for me as a kid and that's when I kind of you know was like okay I can't be aggressive I can't be masculine outside of sports and I didn't necessarily use those words because again middle schooler but the the idea of watch how you behave because you're going to get talked about. People are going to care too much about what you're doing. Um, and it's not my parents, like my parents wouldn't care. I wasn't worried about my parents because I think at home, like I was still who I am, but outside in the world, when I was not at home and I was in school and around this new community, I had to fit in. And I carried that throughout high school. I carried that in college. Um, and I allowed it to stop me from being who I was. And that's upsetting, but again, a learning curve and one that I'm kind of blessed to have because now I'm 24 sitting here, um, not afraid to say that I use they, them pronouns and that I'm non-binary. And if you think quickly about facial hair, which has nothing to do with 
I mean, I guess it has something to do with this journey. I am not on testosterone. I do not take any um, hormonal supplements. Um, I don't use anything for uh, facial hair growth. I believe, undiagnosed, have uh, PCOS. um, And that's been a problem since I was a kid. So as a kid, I always had a very um, dark facial hair. Um, I got laser when I was in college and um, I think laser worked for a short period of time, but then it started to grow back darker and I would shave it every day. But now I kind of embrace it because it allows me to feel more masculine on days where I want to feel masculine and I don't have to like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel embarrassed by it. I did as a kid, I was gonna say I never really did, but I did. Um, But now I don't. And on days where I don't want it, I shave it off and in two days it'll be there again so like um that's kind of where where I'm at I don't uh I just uh, I'm just at a point in my life where I allow myself to be naturally myself so I let facial hair grow in naturally because I feel like and I guess in a way it's kind of funny because um I feel like it was essentially kind of like meant to be and as it is because who we are is as it's meant to be in the future I don't know what it holds I don't know what I might and might not decide to do um but I know now that I am as comfortable as I can ever be I don't feel like I need to be forcing myself to look any type of way or um like I I just I just am now I cutting my hair was like one of the best things I ever done for myself and I wish I shared that moment with somebody better (laughs) but unfortunately it was with people I had to cut out of my life um but I still had my girlfriend who made me feel like it and, and my dude the way that my family and my godmother was just like this fits you like this is this is you like your hair having shred hair is is like you're literally